Welcome to Being Self-Centered. I'm your host, Corey Hawks-Sitch. I want you to learn about who you are from deep within, to explore your own philosophies and design a life that you love. So give yourself permission today to discover with me how you can be self-centered. Our world is suffering from selflessness. It is in agonizing turmoil and mass destruction because it is in a chronic state of selflessness. We have this idea of who we are supposed to be, what is good, what is right, what is righteous, what is holy, what is caring, what, what the ultimate agenda is to be a human being. We, we are put on this earth for this and this and this. All of this has a lace of significance. And when we are externally striving, we can then somehow purchase our significance. The less self we are, the greater we are for our world. We are not allowed to have our feelings. We aren't allowed to have our own independent thoughts. We aren't allowed to have our own opinions. We aren't allowed to have our own beliefs. We aren't allowed to have all of these entities of who we are unless they align with somebody else who will give us that approval. Now, on a primal state, we all know that we are pack animals. We we strive to be part of the group. But what's happened is that this is a huge part of our evolution that just hasn't quite caught up. It's trying to slingshot out. It's trying to declare, these are my feelings, these are my thoughts, these are my beliefs. But there's still the element of, and so you should believe and feel like I do. You have to validate how I think and feel. I am not allowed to have a self unless you say it's okay. So ultimately, like we really dig deep, we can see that there's a link between external validation of our existence. We need other people to tell us that we are significant. And the only way we can do that is to be without our own significance, to be without a self. And the world is a dumpster fire because of it. We are all striving for our own significance, our own justification for existence. And it's not working. So when we are betraying ourselves, we're actually forfeiting our own existence. We are stealing our value. We are stealing our significance. We are stealing our placement in society on whether or not our worthiness and whether or not we are allowed to be here. And so what we do is we, we become victims of our own insignificance And we're fighting for our life at the same time. Because our existence is critical, we are scrambling 
to find our significance. And so we are, we are martyring ourselves in service. We are malnourishing ourselves. We are anxious. We're depressed. We manipulate. We coerce. We become dependent. We're apathetic because we're exhausted. We're abusive. We're confused. We are unclear of how to do this. We are unreliable. We're aggressive. We're panicking. We are all in a constant, chronic state of panic. And this is because we have broken this tie between our human existence and our soul. Self-centering is when we are fostering a deep relationship, an intimate bond with our entire existence. Our human experience and our soul are connected. This is what happens when we are self-centered. We are significant to us. We are everything to us. Our existence is justified because we are. Our existence is significant to us because this is what we're here for. I was in philosophy class in my early 20s, and um, of course, we talked about um, the brain in a vat that was um, a modern twist on Rene Descartes' um, evil demon theory. And basically what this is, is, and, and I won't go into it too much here, but the idea is that if my brain is in a jar on some scientist's self and everything I perceive isn't real, but it's my perception, who am I? Do I exist? And then we move into, I think, therefore I am. If everything that I'm perceiving is for my own experience, then the falsehood and, and the illnesses come from forfeiting that experience. Blue is blue to me, but it might not be the same blue to you. We call it the same color, but we don't know how the other person sees that blue. This blue is blue to me. I saw this in, um, in the death of my father, actually. I'm the oldest of four kids. There's a, there's a gap between my sister and I of 11 years. And, and I've got two brothers in between. But what I, what I learned from the passing of my dad was every single one of us has had a different childhood, and we all have a different relationship with our father. I remember sitting in the living room looking at them going, you don't understand what this is like for me. And why are you having such a a totally different response to your relationship with your dad? We all had a different dad, even though it was the same man. And so what I learned from that was, My relationship with my dad is mine. 
And therefore, my grieving is mine. Those memories are mine. We don't share the same memories. Even if we were in the same experience, our perspectives are totally different. And so when I am in a self-centered state, when I am being self-centered, I'm acknowledging and I'm fostering that grieving process because no one else can understand where I've come from or how this is affecting me, but I need to. And the tragedy is when we forfeit this. When we forfeit the connection that we have of our human experience to our soul, it is the greatest of all tragedies. Because why else are we here? If I'm a brain in a vat, why am I experiencing all of this if I'm not supposed to be experiencing all of this? And I don't mean that predestination. I mean that in participation. This life is for me to fulfill. And the way that we can do that is to dig into our center self. Our center self, our innermost being, our deepest core, is the holiest and most sacred of spaces. It is the temple of our existence. It holds all that we were. Every smell, every memory that we've had, every experience, every feeling that we've ever had, the way that we've learned things, the way that we've negotiated with our external world, the way we've snuggled into our family, whether it's toxic or whether it was really healthy, the way our body has grown, our innermost being holds all of this information. It also holds all that we are right now, how we are trying to make sense of this world that we're in, how our perceptions are filtering what it is that we're trying to understand, how we're trying to negotiate and navigate through this moment right here, right now. It holds all of our longings. It holds all of our one days. It holds all of our future. It holds who we're going to be in the next 10 minutes. It holds who we're going to be in the next 10, 50 years. God willing, we make it that far. Our entire existence is fighting for us to be here. Think about this. Our entire existence is fighting for us to be here. Every cell in our body, every breath that our lungs take, every beat of our heart, every neurotransmission in our brain, everything that we are is fighting for us to be here as long as we can. It is repairing wounds. It is gaining information. It is adjusting concepts. It is developing itself in its best possible way so that we can stay here as long as we can. It wouldn't do that if we weren't fundamentally significant. And to forfeit that is the greatest of all tragedies. That significance is found in being self-centered. When we are connected to our innermost being, 
and in relationship with our human experience so that we can create a life that we love. When we have found our way into our center self and have entered the the innermost temple of our entire being, we must come in reverence and devotion to the study of who we are. Knowing thyself is the greatest of all educations. It is our vocation. It is our calling. It is what all of our existence is for, is to be in the study of self. Because all things derive from our understanding of self. Even as we scramble in in trying to understand others, it is still to sustain our own survival and to understand how we fit in our external world. And so all that we do is based from how we understand ourselves. And so, of course, understanding ourselves would be the greatest of all educations. What we think, what we feel, what we trust, what we fear, these are faculties of our education. And they require our utmost devotion. No one can teach us who we are. Others can only teach us how to learn who we are. The sacred space of being self-centered is when the student and the teacher and the knowledge all become one. In that innermost temple, we have the student and we have the teacher and we have all of the knowledge that we need. Then we radiate ourselves out and make decisions accordingly and we behave accordingly and we design a life accordingly. So it is of utmost importance to go into that space and study, be the student and be the teacher and immerse yourself into the knowledge of who you are. We aren't here to study others Studying others is extremely important, but that's not why we're here. Because when we're gone, others carry on. We aren't the bottleneck for other people and their existence. This is the great misunderstanding. We are here to embark in our own depth of understanding. We are here to be the masters, the experts, the geniuses of our own selves. That's the vocation. That's the calling. But there's a catch because we like to think, okay, well, who am I? Let's take a personality test. Let's do some evaluations. Let's see what other people think that we are. Let's do even internal evaluations. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. Okay. Well, that's great for today, for right now. But we are fluid, evolving beings. And the more you learn about yourself, the more you're going to grow. And the more you grow, the more there is to learn. And so the knowledge is endless. It is like a, a work of art that is never finished. It keeps evolving. And that's the point. That's how we fully participate in our existence 
is to be in study and to be in teaching and to be in playing with the knowledge of who we are. Because tomorrow we will be different and we will have the opportunity to dive into all of this new development and restudy and reteach and reacquire and analyze and play and conceptualize and change and redesign so that we can go out into the world and test it and then come back in and redesign and reacquire and analyze and evaluate and study and teach. This is the fluid motion of being self-centered. It's a constant communication of learning who we are as we navigate through the world that we live in. We each have our own life. We each have our own center self. We each have this inner temple that holds all of this knowledge. We have a right to that life. It's ours. It is important that we understand that we own this. We don't need to justify our existence. We don't need to prove that we're allowed to be here because we're already here. It is done. We don't need to pay anybody to be here. We don't need to hope that we get to stay. We are here and we own this life that we have. The illusion is that others own our life, that others hold judgment of our value, whether or not we're allowed to be here, whether or not we're doing okay, whether or not we have gained reverence of others. Maybe we've gained respect. Maybe we've gained accolades. But we all know that that changes. And the illusion is we have to chase the changing. And that's That's not true. We already own the life that we have. But with it comes responsibility. And this is where shit gets really hard. This is where we fall. This is where we slip into the devastation and forfeit our right to life. Because taking responsibility for that right to life is huge. And for many of us, it's inconceivable, especially if we've been taught all of our existence so far that we owe somebody else. How can we take responsibility for something we're not allowed to have? This is the cesspool of where our illnesses come from. This is where our our souls break. This is where our human experience devastates. And it's all false. We want to hold other people responsible for our significance, but then we die insignificant. We can't be significant according to others because they're not the ones that hold that judgment. We are. And so the greatest of tragedies is a forfeited life in hopes of a significance that we already have. The hard part is taking responsibility for that. The thing is, though, is that we're supposed to be this way. We're supposed to be self-significant. 
we're supposed to be self-centered. And so we have the full devotion of every cell in our body, every breath in our lungs, every beat of our heart, every shock of our mind, every deep, beautiful emotion that we are feeling in full participation of life. This is where we're supposed to be. And so turning this huge ship around so that we can be significant to ourselves. Our whole existence is on standby. This is what it's fighting for, is the reclamation of self, standing in the authority of who we are and designing a life that we love. You get to do this life however you want. If you want to be philanthropists, if you want to donate your life in service of others, Own the service, it's yours. If you want to donate your life for the benefit of others, then that becomes a gift when it is coming from an abundant, generous, centered self. But when we are striving for our own significance in the eyes of others, that is where we are betraying our entire existence. If we are internally centered in ourself, then we can connect externally to the self that is presented to the world. But this isn't chronological. This is in terms of priority. You don't need to be healed or self-centered in order to connect with who you want to be as you navigate in your external world. You need to be self-centered while you heal and connect and navigate in your external world. Being self-centered is an internal gravity. We're going to falter. We're going to explore. We're going to stretch our edges. We're going to evolve. We're going to change. But the center is where we calibrate. The center is where we've gone out and got new information, and then we bring it back into our inner temple and we rearrange it for the glory of who we are. So how do you be self-centered? How do you navigate and negotiate with your internal world and your external world? Well, this whole podcast is going to be all the little ways that we can practice getting back into being self-centered. But it starts with the pursuit of your center. Knowing who you are deep within, in spite of what is happening in your external world. Knowing your significance in spite of what's going on in your external world. So let's take a moment and let that sit. Take some deep breaths and just listen to your own breath. Don't force yourself. Don't don't try and follow me. Feel your lungs fill up and let them fill as as big as they can. And then release them and squeeze out all of the air that's in. Feel your internal self, your physical internal self. Feel your whole body. Feel that space that's on the inside of your spine. Feel your belly. Feel your pelvic floor. Feel all the muscles in your limbs. 
and recognize, be in this place that you are here. Breathe into that. Feel the bubbles come up. Feel the fear. Feel the hope. Feel it all. Be in this place of being in this place. You are here. And you own being here. The way that you hear my voice, the way that you're breathing, the way your body is positioned right now, that's all yours. Every memory that you've ever had, all of the things you've forgotten, the ways that the world has hurt you so deeply, and the ways that the that the world has come and given you hope. These are all yours. Sink into that deep, heavy gravity of your existence and participate in the art of being self-centered. Thank you for joining me today. I want to encourage you to practice being self-centered, for your life is yours and yours alone. I also want to invite you to use the resources on my website and reach out anytime. May you forever seek that which belongs to you. Prayer Mia.